Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Okay, we are on location uh, and we're always excited to be, but especially so because we are in a restaurant in Oakland called Pomela with its owner, Mika. And she goes by one name, like Madonna. <laughs> so we're just going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for inviting us. Welcome to Pamela. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. I, I don't know where to start, but um, I, I do know where to start. I have my questions You here. have a list. Um, I can see. Yeah, I got a little list. I, I did it last night. I was really proud of myself um, after we recorded a few uh, bitch talks. Um, but can you talk about first uh, about Pamela and mm-hmm. how that came about, but also if you want to go back to your first restaurant, correct? Is it Babite? Babite. Uh huh. Um, maybe start with the origin story of of that restaurant leading into this restaurant. Sure. Yeah. So back in 2015, we opened Babite. I was uh, with my ex partner and husband at the time, Robert, and um, Babite kind of just happened. We had a catering company, and then I got a. A contract with Munchery. Remember Munchery? Oh, yes. yes. We had a friend that had a a little snack on there. Yeah. 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 So I had a line of of Israeli food with them that I was making in my own commissary kitchen here in Oakland. And they would come a couple times, two, three times uh, a week and pick up the food and distribute. And it was my first time to make Israeli food. I am Israeli. Yes. But I was a caterer for many years, and it was my first time to actually make Israeli food. And they requested that they they wanted it. So I was like, okay. And it was very successful. Okay. And what, what were the items that you were selling? We were selling them jadra, which we still, still sell here. So we had them jadra with the pomegranate eggplant. We had it with the kefta. Oh. We had uh, our soups, a bunch of our salads, including the butternut squash salad. That mm. is still our number one seller here at Pamela mm. all these years later. That was in 2014. And... Um, what else? Soups, uh, entrees. Our entrees were oh, with the tagine, the chicken tagine, mm-hmm. the vegetable tagine. So some of the stuff that's still here. Uh, it was just my first time to to do my own food and in that way. Because as a caterer, you you make what the customers want. Right? So, mm-hmm. um, and it was so successful. So then this opportunity came and we just took it and opened a restaurant. <laughs> that was that. Um, we had to close it because uh, we were in litigation with our landlords. It's a long story uh, and pretty sad one. A Bay Area story. A Bay Area story. <laughs> and uh, I keep saying it was a very, very, very expensive lesson mm-hmm. <laughs> in business. Mm-hmm. And then also our partnership came to an end, both uh, professionally and personally. So it was kind of like an end all. And um, I came out of that, that was in uh, August of 2018. And I didn't really know what I was gonna do. Obviously, this is my profession. I was gonna continue doing food, but I didn't know how. And I was looking for a commissary kitchen to um, continue the catering. I could always, always count on catering. I had very loyal customers for years and could always count on that. So while I was looking for a commissary kitchen, I was talking to a friend, Chris Pistina, you might know him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Chris. So I was talking to Chris because oh. he had a commissary. I was like, what's going on with your commissary? I'm looking around and he's like, what about the Chow building? This used to be Chow. 
Right. And I'm like, what about the Chow building? And he's like, well, what about the Chow building? And I was like, well, I think it's a great building, but it's too big. They probably should. Like, so I'm just blabbering about what I think would be great for the building, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 Miko. What about the Chow building? <laughs> Do you want to go in there? And I didn't thought it, I didn't I didn't think it was possible for me because I, I had to bankrupt because of that whole fiasco. Wow. With the restaurant. And I didn't really think that it was possible for me. I thought I was toxic, that no landlord would take me in. So I said all of that to Chris, and he was like, oh, Mika, get over yourself. We've all bankrupt. <laughs> I was like, it's like a rite of passage or something. I don't know. So I was like, okay. So he set me up a meeting with the owners of the building, and uh, here we are. And this is, we have to say, for those that don't know, we're on Piedmont Ave in Oakland. It's, it's phenomenal. like prime location. Prime location. There's a and, parking lot. And there's parking. And That's like, the building itself is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. This is a great spot. And through the pandemic, this patio, I mean. Right. Right. And upstairs, there was supposed to be a third tenant. They canceled. So for a while, until Donia took the upstairs over, for a while, the landlord let us use the upstairs for sitting for free, no additional rent. So... Yeah, there we, are good people. There yeah. are very good people. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that actually yesterday, just about good people and good karma, and just trying to put yeah. it out there. I actually think most people are good. Yeah, I I think <laughs> I, really I think do. I know it sounds I, great, but actually, no, I know I think that um, as a traveler, mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's instilled in you. Like inherently, most people are good. Yes. And I feel like you're originally from Israel. How did you land in the Bay Area? And what what is it like having a business mm. in this in this part of the world that is known to be the most one of the most expensive? Well, um, first I just my last birthday I just turned half my life here in the Bay Area. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's a big big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to the Bay Area because I wanted to go to the California Culinary Academy uh-huh. in San Francisco CCA. to study um, yeah. bacon and pastry. I really. I was already working as a chef, as a, as a cook, not a chef, as a cook, and um, I went to cooking school in Israel. But I wanted to to specialize in bacon and pastry. It was almost always my thing. And at the time, they had a really strong program there, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up here. That's where I, I met my ex-husband, and so I kind of rooted here. And um, I started working. I worked for some restaurants. I worked for a, a bunch of different catering. I started working at catering because um, I was illegal to work. Mm. Uh, I came here on a student visa, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really had no money because I paid for school. And well, that CCA was it. is very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. The way you plan when you're in your early 20s. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. So I was looking for work and I got connected uh, through the, one of the Israeli instructors. Um, he's from Israel originally, but he lives here. Uh, an Israeli, one of the chef instructor, instructors. And he connected me with someone who's still my best friend. Because uh, she had a little catering company, but she didn't have work for me. From one thing to another, I ended up starting catering, and um, because they paid me, you know, under the table, mm-hmm. and I just liked it so much. I yeah. I just loved it. That immediate satisfaction, that customer right there. They're having a party. They're having a great time. It's just so satisfying and I kept do, working for catering companies while I was working for restaurants and in the wow. restaurant I was a pastry chef in the basement working crazy hours mm-hmm. and then I would do catering on the weekend and be all this like reward more money and and fun and music and like this cool venues and I got to see a bunch of the Bay Area it was, yeah so that's how I got into catering so 
Wow. <laughs> Where did we start this question? Forgot. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know how you landed here. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, it just sounds like you kind of stumbled your way into I it beautifully. <laughs> stumbled my way. Married, uh, got my green card. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a citizen now. So mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but do you miss Israel? And I, I heard you were supposed to be in Israel right yes. now, but yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. What, how often do you visit? And, and where are you from in particular? Because we have been there as well. Both so of we, you. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of know the, the Yeah, we yeah, have some stories the land. that we could share. But yeah, yeah. you first. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm from Kiyad Bialik. It's one of the little towns between Haifa and Akko, okay. toward the mm -hmm. north. So yes. between the two oh. cities, there's a bunch of little town yes i'm from one of them okay yeah yeah we were in uh Kiryat Shmuna. oh that's all the way right at the, the border yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But was we, it quiet when you were there or was no, it no there, there was were bombs war. Uh, there was a war <laughs> there yeah. was war yeah. Okay. yeah yeah it was uh during the gaza 2015 i believe 14. it was 14 2014 oh wow in the summer yeah it got a little uh eventful she was it there did. for two three months two months three months yeah yeah and uh, so there it. were a few missile siren experiences yeah and it's yeah you never forget that <laughs> uh what brought you there we're doing a documentary an israeli family that was traveling the world with their three small kids oh, i nice. met them in their second year of travel in cambodia and i just kind of fell in love with them so we're shooting this documentary on them and then i was in israel filming their return home to normalcy after Normal three years, to after three years on the road yeah. To, yeah yeah so as soon as they got home it was the summer of 2014 and the war started right then and so I was like, okay, well, I got to go. <laughs> I got to be there. So I was there for three months. And Aaron met me for the last week or two. Couple weeks, two yeah. weeks for the last two weeks of mm -hmm. it. How yeah. did it feel? The sirens and all that. Uh, How did it affect you? Uh, it's, I think that um, in the States, we're real spoiled. We don't know anything no. about what it's like to live like that. No. And um, it, it was interesting because all, I have Israeli friends as well. Anyone mm -hmm. that travels especially the third world countries is going to have some Israeli friends. Yes. They, they're big travelers. So everybody, my friends, everyone, it's just sort of like, they treat it like how we treat earthquakes. Like there's a yes. missile siren, you get scared. And then afterwards it's like, so anyway, what do you want for dinner? You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, and for me, I'm just like, you know, shaking yeah. and, and it, it lasted with me longer. And I saw that that's just sort of a survival technique because mm -hmm. you, I you, think it's messed up how normal yes. it is. Of course. Yeah. 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 But, um, but you know, I, I, there were a lot of judgments yes. in the States yep. from for, uh, what was going on in Israel. Yep. And like, as, un, you, until you live there, it's just so hard to, you know, mm -hmm. throw stones because I, I like, I don't, I don't know enough to even, you know what I mean? Place full blame. And I, you know, obviously I think certain things are wrong and I don't believe in war, you know, mm -hmm. and I think there's a better way, but it's just so easy to say, mm -hmm. We're not going to buy Israeli products. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to buy nothing then because I learned that Israelis created a lot of shit. <laughs> like, do you have yep. a voicemail? Because that was created. Yeah. Right. Israel. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it's not about your simple. produce because drip irrigation, like, that's a thing. Yeah, right. and it's just, not, it's just not that simple. You know, no. nobody nah. that I know wanted the war and mm, right. all their kids are out there. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's just real fucking complicated. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone that knows. A little bit deeper. I mean, people say stuff on social media, but, you yes, know, they, they just, they just <laughs> you know, uh, they don't go deeper. But anyone who's gone deeper will tell you that it's very complicated. It's just incredibly complicated. It's not, you know, it's not black and white. It's a whole rainbow. And this last time, just a short little thing, because I grew up with sirens. I, grew up, I was born in a war, so I grew up with sirens my entire, you know, childhood. And, you know, I, I lived in Israel through my early 20s. 
<clears throat> but um, this last time, I noticed I, I was having a reaction to hearing the sirens in the radio, like, or or on on the computer when I was like just looking at the news or whatever. Just anytime I saw footage, I was having a, such a, an emotional like. PTSD reaction mm -hmm. now as an adult mm -hmm. to hearing the sirens that was subconscious like I didn't I just didn't realize I had it like I didn't realize that I was traumatized in that way mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like I didn't it was growing up it was like you said just normal and you, you move on but now here all of a sudden I'm like wow Mm -hmm. It's really there inside somewhere inside mm -hmm. my brain. We carry all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's crazy that what? How many years later it yeah. comes back? Yeah, to haunt and you. like that, like mm -hmm. in a split second, like while I'm driving and hearing the news, or like in a split second, mm -hmm. I was really. This time was hard. Maybe because I'm aging. This time yeah. was hard. <laughs> well, I don't know. And, you know, well, you kind of have a lot to deal with. <laughs> no, 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 no. The only no, thing we're cutting is the. Uh, the talk about the blanket. Yeah. Um, yeah. How I'm ready. How I'm ready to go to the blanket. Yeah. yeah that can be our new secret phrase. Yes. Are you ready for the yeah, blanket? We're ready for the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good morning, thanks, everybody. Mika. Yeah. Thanks, Mika. I'm here for you. No, but to lighten things up a little bit. Yeah. Israel. Yes, Israel is a fucking beautiful country. It it's, is. I right. was not ready for. It. I thought desert. I wasn't ready for the greenery, for the Dead the Sea, beach. from the Red Sea. Yeah. Oh my God. I I watched the moon rise over the uh -huh. Red Sea and I snorkeled and and we have a good Dead Sea story oh, that I love again? talking about. Oh, yeah. God. So Aaron comes to visit and I'd set up for my friend to take us to the Dead Sea. And the night before, Aaron's like, should I shave my legs? No, and I, no, and you I, did not. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. I mean, if you want. That's really good. She shaved her legs and the next day. She was walking on water. She couldn't. She almost didn't go in. It took me like a good 30 minutes to 45 minutes to even go in. It and hurt. It's because so of bad. the salinity for people that don't yes. know <laughs> that the Dead Sea has so much salt that you don't even swim. You just no, float. you just walk in. Like I was it. doing the Superman the whole time. Yeah. It was incredible. But we were yelling at her from the water like, yeah. you have to come in. This is your only <laughs> shot. Like you, you have to. I mean, it burns your skin even when you don't shave. You're right. Like, you have any blemish yeah, well, or no anything. One told me. Burns no one told me. If you your arm once and yeah. go in, it'll burn. Yes. It's it will crazy. Burn. Yeah. I'm like, ow, 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 the whole time. But it was worth it. It was magical. It was magical. Like, you'll never feel no. that way, you know, again. No, feel not so at all. Light. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I love telling that story. Yeah, that was the one story and you giving advice. I'm and sorry. giving advice sorry, to our listeners. If you're going to go into the Dead Sea, do not shave anything <laughs> okay i'm Let coming back to pamela okay okay so <laughs> I, I, okay a couple questions i have for you i know you talked to chris and, and you got the space but you could have gone back to catering so what was I did the whole time that oh, i was you, looking for a space you I was were also, i i, I traveled between four different kitchens it was a really difficult time in my life because um i didn't want to lose my customers i didn't know what the future right. would bring right. i needed to pay my bills and so the one thing I knew how to do was catering. Uh, I did really high-end catering, so my customers had expectations. Yeah. But I didn't have a kitchen. I didn't have a home base. So I, I kept, I, I, for a while I was uh, renting my friend's kitchen, and then I found a kitchen in Oakland to rent. I moved like four or five times between kitchens. It was so hard. I didn't know where my stuff was. I had a truck that was also storage that I put a bunch of stuff on, and then I had to keep, trying to figure out where is what it was so challenging it was just and it was um 
just mentally hard after so yeah. many years of having a commissary, having yep. my space. Because even the food for Babite, we made at the commissary. Oh. So I had like my heart, my home. That was my commissary. I have two employees here that were that are still from there that have mm. been you know with me this whole time, and it was just it was just like literally that like I had no ground. I had I wasn't grounded. I couldn't find my place. It was equipment that wasn't something I was right, used to right. sometimes not maintained the way I would maintain equipment and it was just <laughs> so throughout looking for a space and all that I was also working and producing producing events throughout it all and this is how also I got some money to start this project right mm. someone had to pay for it right <laughs> so you open and that in in 2020 in I March did. of 2020 <laughs> yes <laughs> And, and what happened? <laughs> so we, we actually, it happened and then we opened. So I got my licenses March 19, oh, which was a geez. day before shelter in place started. <laughs> Holy shit. But I got my licenses. I actually think I got my licenses. Oh, uh, they just wanted to get rid of me at that point and uh, just signed the papers right. to make sure I will stop calling and emailing them. <laughs> well, that's the only way you can get mm-hmm. anything done. Really how in, I think. In I any this. city, really. Yeah. So I pressed and pressed and pressed because there were rumors. So I was like, I really got to get my licenses no matter what. I got to get it. So I was really pushy and I got all the paperwork done and we were supposed to open. And then then, then we couldn't. Hmm. So I was like, what do we do now? Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? So at first, you know, I did tinker with the thought of um, not opening because remember I was supposed to be just a few weeks? Oh, yeah, two weeks. We'll yeah. see you in April. Yeah, in two weeks remember? we'll all yes. be cured. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. So I was like, well, you know, what if I just don't don't open for a couple of weeks? And then we open. But I had crew here that had left their other jobs to come work wow. for me. Wow, okay. And at that time... I didn't know that they were going to be able to get unemployment because back in the day, the rule was if you quit, you don't get unemployment. Correct. So I was like, well, what are they going to do? And, you know, what am I going to do? And maybe it's a good thing. We'll kind of start slow and it will give us an opportunity to do like a run. So I opened. Uh, We did uh, prepared meals back to the munchery days. I knew how to pack meals. Right. Mm, That that skill came back. Yeah. Back. Back to help. Yeah, so we were making the meals, packing the meals with instructions of how to heat them up. Uh, people would drive in here. It's kind of U-shaped parking yeah. lot. They would drive up. It's perfect We would for put that. the bags in their cars, and, and they would drive away. We did that for three days out of the week, so we would you know, prep earlier in the week because you have to prep. You have to make the food, chill the food properly because the food's got to be completely cold before you pack it. If you pack it first, then it's not going to cool properly inside the packet. Oh, so mm. there's good to know. To okay. Yeah. yeah. So we had to make the food, chill the food, pack the food, and then, you know, package the bags for people and then sell them. So we did that for a while. And then uh, outdoor dining started. All right. So we started, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we started hot food. So we made changes to our kitchen. We had to keep making changes. It's, it's I think, this is a, a side note. Like, I think there, it is, some restaurants didn't do as well changing. Yeah. And I just want to say it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. just it's just really, really hard. Just in terms of your infrastructure, what equipment yep. you have, what kind of space do you have, how do you use your space? And also your past experience. Not everyone has experience. Right. You know. So I, I would not judge anyone for, you know, some people closed forever. Some people just said enough is enough. I, mm-hmm. I know a friend that um, she was just like, I've already paid all my loans. I'm finally debt free. Oh. I'm, I don't want to do this over. I'm just I'm just yeah. closing. Done. Done. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, they 
So I don't know what I would have done if I had different choices. <laughs> That's just a side note. Yeah. So then we started, uh, you know, we had to make changes to the kitchen and changes to the program. And we did the outdoor and we did just outdoor in bags so you can eat it here or take it home. But we packed everything in compostable because <laughs> it's a lot. A lot has happened. Yeah. In two, almost two and years. It does, and it, like nothing has gotten better. I mean, now <laughs> it's scarier. I don't understand. <laughs> like, um, anyway. Yeah. We've just learned to live with it. Yeah. Yeah, but to turn <laughs> things around. So yeah. So let's talk about this menu. Yeah. What are the just in general? What are the staples of Israeli food, and mm. how did you put this menu together? So um, Israeli food, it's a it's a thing. First of all, I want to say it's a thing. It mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm. I'm Israeli. This mm-hmm. is my food. Oh, we were loving it when we were there. Right? Yeah. Holy the shit. food is so good. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like I was being healthy all the time, even though maybe I wasn't. It feels <laughs> like you're being healthy. Yeah. That's Israeli. Food. Everything's very fresh everything is very fresh yeah yes yeah. that's and all the key. tomatoes and cucumber yes. I'm like i'm being healthy Onion. right yes <laughs> i mean you eat salad for breakfast how can you not yes. be healthy it's really salad mm, yeah. i still make it to this day it's so good yep. yeah so okay so what are the staples of israeli cuisine and so and what we do here it's, it's a combination so it's middle eastern mediterranean north african and a little bit of um european that we have because my ancestors are from eastern europe mm. personally um, some of our biggest things is a hummus where you, mm. uh, you know how Israelis are obsessed with hummus. It's like mm-hmm. Americans with burgers. It's like, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> they'll, they'll travel to get the really good one. Yes. Yeah. Right. But they'll also eat the grocery store one. Yeah. If you have to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I see tuts that attitude. You don't have to eat yeah. hummus. You, know? <laughs> you have to. But you have to. Yes. You have to have it. So hummus we definitely have here. We have our falafel and we have our cheese stuff falafel, which is something that people really mm. love here. We oh, put yeah, feta cheese that. in the falafel. Oh, I'm going to eat that. Yes. <laughs> okay. We have a whole bunch of salads that are inspired from different things that inspire me. Um, we have our rice dishes. We have jadra, which is rice and lentils that are cooked together mm. with spices. It's not mm. spicy, it's spices. And then uh, I love that dish. That's it's just like a hug, you know, it's just like such a good combo. And then we have our saffron rice that's uh, very popular. The tagines oh. here. Sorry. Shook. Yeah. Shook. Yes. Yeah. I have, a, I have a favorite brand at the grocery store that I just like, I can't find it anywhere unless I'm in Israel. But yeah. I love Shook. I'm going to try yours for yeah. sure. You're gonna, yeah, we make it Do here. Do you sell it like uh, to take yeah, home? Yeah, our, our regular <laughs> customers know that they can order it on its own. Yes. We sell smaller amounts. Uh, we should, I think... Started selling more stuff here in our grab and go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Shug is a, a hot sauce, a green hot sauce. It's yes. delicious. Yeah. And it's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I'm so really excited. Good. And we also make our own harissa, which we have here. Oh. So, Shug is a Yemeni, and harissa is in North African Tunisian. Right. Um, so we, we make both kinds. Both are made here from, from organic ingredients in house. They're both, I love them both. They're very different. Um, Schug is more fresh and herby, yes. and harissa is roasted and has a deep, deep flavor. Yeah, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. we have them both okay. there. Yeah, we have uh, our tagines, North African stews. Mm. Those are Ooh. delicious. I know. And we make our own chermoula, which is a North uh, African condiment. That it's it's got some chili, but it's not really spicy. It's got ginger, preserved lemons. Mm. It's oh, it's really good. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah, so and that's chermoula. Some of our customers have kind of picked up on that and are ordering the chermoula. 
on its own. On the side. Oh, yeah, because yes. you can put it on pretty Everything. much anything. That's what I love about Israeli food is it's very sauce driven. Dips yes. and sauces. <laughs> yes. Dips and, and that's, sauces. I mean, if you open my fridge, it's like sauces with a side of food. And pickles you know? and olives. And yes, pickles, pickles and olives. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, okay, yeah. bring it on. We, we got to go. We our, our own pickles here, too. <laughs> All um, right. Well, I was going to say I feel like we can talk forever with you, Mika, um, <laughs> and we should probably wrap soon. But I, I did want to ask, because you have it, I think I read it on your on your website, um, you make it really clear that um, Pamela is a sense of place, belonging, and community, and mm. wanted to know why that's so important to you, especially at this time. Well, um, we would have been nowhere without our, without our community. You know, I think at the beginning... First of all, generally, I'm very community-oriented. Babait was very homey. Babait means at home in Hebrew. Uh So Babait was really homey already then. We kind of created a community around us. Like I said, I have employees here that have been with me for a long time. This is a family. So already this is... I'm kind of wired that way, and I live my life that way. People have that saying, oh, it's just business. But business is life and life is business, especially when you're a business owner, there is no separation. This business is my life. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of it. And how I choose to do business is how I choose to live. And for me as a person, relationships is probably the most important thing in life. That's kind of what makes life. That's the sauce of life. You know how we like sauce. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's already to begin with, but then this whole project wouldn't have happened without the support of the community. Even before I did a Kickstarter campaign, and people, like, sure, friends and family gave me money, but also, like, strangers. Mm -hmm. You know, people I didn't actually know. Um, They knew me, they knew my previous business, and they decided to support me, which is incredible, because Kickstarter is like, it's a promise, right? You don't know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So that was even before COVID, and then once COVID, once we opened during COVID, you know, we got in touch with all these people and we told them, hey, we're selling meals. And, and they showed up. They, they showed up week after week after week. They showed up. Uh, we wouldn't have survived those first mo- few months mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that. You know, um, just, I mean, we weren't even working with Adrian at the time. Like the only way people heard about us is that, that they knew us and they cared about us and they wanted to make sure that we, they, want, they came here and they said and they emailed they wanted to make sure that we survive. And in return, I mean, we love them. We, you, we spend a minute talking to someone, even if we're just dropping the bag in the car or just on the phone or taking the order at the window before we let people in. We, we, we took all of our orders through that oh, window. so smart. <laughs> yeah. Just taking the extra time to communicate with people. We send very personal um, newsletters. Just being... Of course, showing products and stuff. Yes, we are a business. We need to sell product, but also just sometimes sending a note mm-hmm. or, you know, telling a story about someone or featuring an employee. Like just being part of this community. This this is this is what drives us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what this business is all about. Mika, I can tell not just from your experience, but just mm-hmm. your temperament. I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like just your positivity, your energy. That's why this place is still yeah. existing after the rough two years Thank we've had. You. And your, the way you treat your crew, it's just like, I would love to work for you. And this has been just really fun, a really fun conversation. I can't wait to eat everything. So we got to go. Well, I was going to say also, <laughs> plug where people can find you. So we're PamelaOakland.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. It's Pamela Oakland. 
Um, you can sign up for our newsletter to hear all the special things that we do and get to meet our crew. We do feature our, our staff and they're all very sweet. We always have something new, especially in the sweets. We didn't talk about sweets. Oh. Can I just say something oh, small about sweets? Of course, yeah. So I'm a pastry chef, right? I told you that because I came here. That's what I studied, mm. and that's my true nature and what I love to do. But um, this project and COVID really gave me an opportunity mm. to, to go there uh, because... People were at home and they were carving out of their minds, right? We know uh, that. Yeah, still working it off. <laughs> so I was like, hey, here's cake, here's babka, here's this th cookie. Here's I started kind of showing up, you know, all the other things that I could do in terms of, because at the bite we just had some cookies and baklava, which was very good. Mm. But like here I was like, hey, I was sending a newsletter every week. I was like, hey, I made you this new cake. Do you want to try it? Mm -hmm. I made this new dessert. Do you want to try it? I mean, you know, and it became a thing. Some people now order just, just our sweets. When we send our newsletters <laughs> on Thursday, we immediately get orders for just the special dessert. <laughs> it used to be, it used to be, yeah. <laughs> It used to be that they would be like, salad, eggplant, dessert, 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 dessert. And then it was like, salad, dessert, dessert, dessert. <laughs> and now it's like, dessert, dessert, yes. dessert, dessert, just, dessert. Yeah, just dessert, claim just it. Give just us the right. dessert, yep. and we're just here for the dessert. Right. This is exciting. Okay. Which one's your favorite? Um, I love the date cookies. It's okay. one of the simplest mm. things that we make here, and I absolutely, absolutely adore them. But, you know, and also that's a recipe I it's, it's a long story how I got there, but it's, it's close to me. Oh, well, yeah. tell it really quickly. Yeah. Well, we were, um, so in Israel, there's mamuls, you know, there's, um, the mamuls are, you know, they're, they're Middle Eastern, but, um, so there's Iraqi mamuls, different versions according to where people are from. Israel's a melting pot, you know, there's a lot yes, of people from all kinds of countries. Yep. So depending where you're from, your mamul, if you're from Jordan, if you're from Lebanon, if you're from Iran, Iraq, your mamul is going to be different. On top of it, Israelis make like this rolled up date cookie with that, that you know, my mom would make when we were kids with a date puree that you can buy at the store. So I wanted to take all of those different variations and I wanted to, to I wanted to pick and choose my favorite thing of each one and why I like that mm. one over that one or that one over that one. And so I created that cookie. It's like a collection of all of my favorite of all the date cookies, you know, oh. all ma made together. Mm. So it's, it's, it's just a journey, you know. I love it. And, and what is, one more quick, what is this? <laughs> I've never heard of the rugelach. Rugelach, that's a rugelach. Eastern European thing. Okay. That's a Jewish thing, uh, Eastern European thing. So it's, it's a dough. We make here a cream cheese dough. Oh. It's insane. And then we roll it up <laughs> and we put, uh, we have two kinds, either apricot, walnuts, and chocolate, or we have a raspberry, almonds, and chocolate, and we roll it up and bake it and then dust it with cinnamon sugar. Oh. <laughs> Sold. Okay. I am. I'm so excited. Well, I, I, if our listeners' mouths aren't watering, uh, something's wrong with you. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Mika. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Thank I you. I mean, you are a real bitch in the best way <laughs> thank possible. You. Thank you. <laughs> I, and you know, I feel achieved uh, now. That's right. That's right. Yes. I think that you're, you're like an authority. And I, I am. I've been crowned. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the restaurant's Pamela. It's in Piedmont, Oakland. And um, please visit. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for coming. Thank you. All right, let's feed you. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.